thank you to BetterHelp for sponsoring this episode. BetterHelp is the world's largest therapy service, and it's 100% online. With BetterHelp, you can tap into a network of over 25,000 licensed and experienced therapists who can help you with a wide range of issues. To get started, you just answer a few questions about your needs and preferences in therapy. That way, BetterHelp can match you with the right therapist from their network. Then, you can talk to your therapist however you feel comfortable, whether it's via text, chat, phone, or video call. You can message your therapist at any time and schedule live sessions when it's convenient for you. If your therapist isn't the right fit for any reason, you can switch to a new therapist at no additional charge. With BetterHelp, you get the same professionalism and quality you'd expect from in-office therapy, but with a therapist who is custom-picked for you. More scheduling flexibility and at a more affordable price. Get 10% off your first month at BetterHelp.com Adulting101. That's BetterHelp.com Adulting101. Never, ever, ever sign a severance agreement from a company without talking to a lawyer. Because guess what? There's more money on the table. If they oh, wow. offer you, yes, yes, baby. If they offer you a certain amount, baby, if you get a lawyer, they can take that amount to the next level, baby. Because what that company is telling you is they are willing to pay you to keep your mouth shut. So find out how much you, how much they're willing to pay you to keep your mouth shut. Mm-hmm. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Adulting 101 with Caspi Bias. I'm your host, Caspi Bias. Today, we are continuing our conversation from last week with How to Survive Being Fired. Part 1 featured Warner Brothers Discovery's Director of Brand Activation, Leanne Recomp. She talked about her experience of getting fired and even provided tips on what steps she made afterward to move forward in her career. Continuing with part two today, I am speaking with Danielle Reed. Danielle is the founder and chief marketing officer of Reed Limited Entertainment, a public relations and social media agency. And today, she speaks to her own story of how she was once terminated from a company due to facing discrimination in the workforce. Tune in as she talks to what happened and what tips she has for you to prepare if you suspect that you are about to be wrongfully terminated. If you haven't already, check out the new Adulting 101 with Caspi Bias animated series. There, you can review a few captivating moments from each episode in animated form. Check out the description section for a link to the series. Danielle, thank you so much for being on Adulting 101 with Caspi Bias. Hi, Danielle. How are you? Hey. <laughs> I'm doing good. Chilling in my house. Yes, yes. I see you with your with your earrings and your uh highlighted highlighted hair. Yes, yes, yes. We switching in switching up styles this year, 2022. Yes, yes. So Danielle, would you be able to tell us a little bit about yourself? Um a little sure. bit more about your um your career journey up to the job that you were that you were fired from? Sure, absolutely. So I graduated from college, mm-hmm. and in my very first job, I got fired. 
<laughs> that was it was pretty immediately right. the immediate. end no. <laughs> <laughs> the end um so knowing you know as a you know college graduate i graduated um in 2016 mm-hmm. i moved um immediately to washington dc after i graduated um to live with my sister who lived there I spent um, a full year applying for jobs in Washington, D.C. I'll never forget. I landed 20 interviews, 20 phone screens and in-person interviews. Um, And by December of 2017, I was, you know, really like, oh, my goodness, I've gone a whole year without landing a job. (laughs) So I finally landed this job as a social media manager. It was my very first salary job. The salary was $40,000 a year. And... I was hired by a white man named Michael mm-hmm. and ultimately Michael, he's everything seemed to be going good. You know, in terms of red flags on the job, we're not taught to spot red flags as college graduates. So we just, you know, kind of go through the process and we just say, okay, this must be the process. Right. Um, Especially I starting was, out. It's, it's just like, we don't know what we're doing. <laughs> oh my gosh, I have a job. People told me that, Things would be difficult after I graduated from college, and I didn't understand why, but people didn't tell me specifically why. Right. Racism is why, because we're not taught how to get navigate it. When you're coming in fresh out of college, you're like, I've got this college degree. You think you have all the experience in the world. Rongo, <laughs> pause. But you actually. But, but you, I have a degree. <laughs> you know, so you learn very quickly that the rest of the world looks at college college graduates as having zero experience because you're starting over when you graduate. So I was, again, super grateful. I was referred actually by a mentor, but I realized this guy, he was kind of like desperate to fill the role. He had actually was, had just been hired himself to the nonprofit. Oh wow! So long story short, a couple of red flags, which I want to just kind of call out for anyone listening before I got the offer Um, I remember coming in for a third interview. um, And so I interviewed with Michael. He was the person I would be, you know, actually reporting to um, as the new social media manager. At this time, this is the first social media manager full time that this company has ever hired. Um, So he was telling me um, that basically after I did a round of more interviews, um, we sat down in a room face to face and he was like, "Okay, so, yeah, do you have any other questions? And at this point, nobody had said anything to me about the salary, even though, of course, I saw a text message that had it, which was sent to my mentor. Mm -hmm. So I say, okay, well, let me just take advantage of this opportunity to ask about salary. Right. So I said, yes. Okay. Um, You know, no one has mentioned salary. So I would like to ask, you know, what is the pay for this position? So he, you know, kind of looked a little bit nervous. He started looking around and playing with some papers in front of him. And he said, uh, oh, well, um. Yeah, so the salary for this position is $40,000. Um, you know, uh, it's a new position. Um, you know, uh, we've never had anyone in this role before. But, you know, I think, you know, um, after maybe a year, um, there might be some wiggle room to, you know, be able to raise it, et cetera, et cetera. So he, he automatically went down that road. So I said, okay, great. I said, yes. I said, I will, I'm definitely excited about this position. I really like this company. I said, I could see myself for here for a year or many years to come. Mm -hmm. And, um, I said, yeah, I would love to, um, 
make sure that in my offer letter that um, a raise um, is, you know, written in there to, you know, be given by after my first year. Right. Later on. Yeah. Right. So this is literally what I was told to say by my mentor, like you're supposed to kind of write your raise, uh, you know, your annual raise into your into your offer letter um, or at least some kind of a check in where they can kind of evaluate if a promotion or raise might be uh, ready. You can actually ask for that within six months to a year, by the way. I didn't learn that until later. The red flag came when he was like, well, you know, in response to me just mentioning the offer letter and mentioning a raise um, within within a year, he said, well, you know, when I was coming out of school, you know, my first job, I think I made like 30, 35,000, like $30,000. Okay. So he kind of scrunched up his face <laughs> and he rolled his eyes. And so, you know, even like, that, position, oh, that's nice. <laughs> like, you know, him telling me how much he made when he started made, it means nothing to me, but I right. had to stay professional. So I smiled sweetly <laughs> and I said, thank you for sharing. <laughs> Didn't need that information, but thank that you. was the red flag. Um, Michael ended up being actually like a little bit crazy. So mm. I got the job. I was hired, I think within the next week. And so, you know, I'm feeling great. Like, I love DC. I, I hold myself in professional ways. I dress professionally. I'm on time. You know, I wanted to make sure I gave my all to this job. And so I did. Within my first week, I noticed that if I would speak up or say something like answer a question or ask a question mm-hmm. in a meeting, Michael would kind of squirm in his seat and kind of look like he would avoid eye contact with me. Oh. Um. Then also, even where we sat in terms of our desk, in my very first week, I'll never forget that he was like, hey, here's a list of all these things I need you to do. And none of the things on that list was anything related to social media. Mm-hmm. Like half of the things were like helping him with his new job, which I think he was like the director of communications or something. Okay. So he gave me like tasks to like get make a list of this, do that. It felt secretarial, but I say, okay, sure. This is my boss. I'm going to do what he asked. Um, and so at that point I had started doing some social media. I had taken the reins. I had started doing these things. I had submitted ideas for what a social media strategy could be. Um, and they were like, okay, let's hold off on that until the new year. Cause we were coming up at the end of the year. It was December. Mm -hmm. And so we were about to go on break. And I remember he pulled me into a room. And so I'm thinking like, okay, this is just going to be a check-in or something. Cause it's literally my second week. And he was like, he sat down and he was like, what are you doing? And, you know, I was confused because I was like, what do you mean? Right. He said, and he literally told me to my face, he said, I don't feel like you're doing any work. You, I haven't seen you do eight hours of work yet since you've been here. Wow. And this is two weeks? You said two weeks? This is my second week. Wow. This is my second week. I had already cried on my first week. Because there is something about him that just seemed like he didn't like me anymore. Like, you know, he hired me, but within my first week to my second week, it was like, as the weeks went on, he seemed to start be liking me less and less. Like every day he would come in, he would just avoid me. And then he started sending really passive aggressive emails to me. Um, There were just like little things, just little things I just started to notice until this meeting and just me and him. And that's when I started to feel like unsafe 
Like I knew he was saying things to me, to my face, which were unprofessional. Right. And also things that would also, which I now know is called gaslighting, get a reaction out of me. Mm -hmm. Um, he told me, he was like, I told you about some templates that I wanted you to use last week. Have you started using those templates? Have you downloaded them? What he had given me were some suggestions. He had not actually assigned me to create a new template or a new strategy or anything like that. Mm -hmm. So I told him that. And he said, in terms, and, and what about this? Like, I told you to, to, to I, he had, he, by the second week, he started micromanaging me. He gave me a schedule. He said, every day I want, um, tweets from our nonprofit to go out at 8 a.m. 8 a.m. tweets, then 12 p.m. tweets, then 5 p.m. tweets. Like he created this crazy schedule where he wanted posts going out on Twitter, like throughout all all hours. Mm -hmm. And so he was like, you just need to be scheduling them. I said, I haven't even been trained to schedule the post yet. I've been posting them organically. And then so he gave me a crazy assignment. He was like, I want you to schedule three posts per day every day throughout the winter break before we leave which was in the the next day it was he gave me this assignment within a day to do by the next day end of day wow and so you know he seemed to be really upset and so I just kept my composure because I knew that this was weird it, I felt weird I felt scared mm -hmm. um and so even after we left that meeting, I literally didn't know what to do. I walked around the office and I ended up going to talk to one of the higher ups, one of the vice presidents actually of the nonprofit. And when I sat down and I told her, and this was a white woman because mm -hmm. I was one of the only black women at this nonprofit. Yeah. Um, the only other black person there was the secretary. And so I sat down and I talked to her and I told her exactly what he said. Mm -hmm. And so she said, you need to report that. Mm -hmm. She was like, you need to tell the HR guy who was like another vice president. So I'm already like, okay, all right, all right. But I'm like, I still have to get my job done. I tried to get all the posts scheduled. I did the best that I could. I stayed after late that Friday going into the Christmas break. I finally left. Do you know that while I was on vacation, I'll never forget. He was blowing my phone up. He literally called me. The, on Saturday morning, what? the first day of winter break, <laughs> I'm not lying to you. I literally was in the car on the way home to Atlanta, driving with my sister. That's crazy. And I told my sister, he, my boss is calling me. She said, do not pick up. So I ignored it. So he started a group text message. I'm not lying to you. He started a group text message with the vice president, the guy who's the HR guy. And he literally said, Hey, Peter, Danielle has not completed her work for the winter break. I told her to do this, et cetera, et cetera. There was supposed to be a post that, to go out at eight o'clock this morning. A tweet didn't go out at eight o'clock this morning. And he said, I called her and she's not picking up her phone. She's unavailable, but I need the sign in for the Hootsuite. So we need to figure out how to get into the Hootsuite, which schedules the post so I can post. Craziness. Wow. I did email to make sure that he had the Hootsuite login, which he had access to it. So I sent, I think I sent one email mm -hmm. to make sure that everyone saw that he has access. Cause it's like, that's crazy. Right. My first day back into the office, January 2nd, I come in, I'm on time, regular day. I sit down at my desk. Um, Michael asked me to come into a meeting or something, come into a room. I, I go up, I go into the room. Mm-hmm. I see the HR guy who I was supposed to have sent an email 
to tell him to report Michael and the the basically microaggressions and that kind of extra aggressiveness that he had in that meeting. Mm -hmm. But I didn't even have time to do that because he gave me all this extra work to do. Mm -hmm. So I hadn't even reported it. Uh, they were like, oh, hey, Danielle's been brought to our attention. Michael has submitted some complaints and a list of things that um, he's got some concerns about. Girl, this man created a, a page, just a, a page front and back of things that he said that I did or did not do that were whatever. And I was like, what? One or two of the things are some things that he had tried to say from that meeting. Mm -hmm. But again, I had only been there for two, two weeks. weeks. Yes. I was a black girl. I was, you know, one of the newest ones hired. He felt like, you know, I wasn't whatever he wanted me to be. Mm -hmm. So he basically created all these lies. Like there were literally things on that paper. I had, ne he had never asked me to do. Right. There's literally no email proof of things that he even asked me to do of things that he put on that paper that he said I didn't do. So there was really no way for me to even defend myself, but they didn't care about me defending my myself. I looked around and I realized the decision was made. And that is how they operate. Ultimately, black people get fired on a daily basis. And it happens to us at higher rates mm -hmm. than others. Right. It hurt. Like, I think I cried a little bit. Um, I actually broke down and cried a little bit in the meeting. Because at first I felt like, let me be strong and just take this. Because I'm like, they don't even care. They're not even asking me any questions. And I'll never forget feeling light and feeling happy. And I was like, okay, God didn't want me in that place because... I hadn't received anything but negative energy yeah. and hatred since I got the job. Here's something I didn't know what happens when you get fired. Mm -hmm. They will ask you to immediately leave the office, gather all of your belongings. Don't take anything with you. Um, I think they try to tell me not to talk to, not to talk to anybody, yep. which I was just like, fuck that. Um, <laughs> I really, tried to figure out if there's anything I could have done to to like prevent that. Yeah. But I remember again, I spoke out, I answered questions. Even the CEO seemed to really like like girl, I was so shocked <laughs> because the CEO loved me. Right. So I was just like, oh wow, like the CEO could love you, but if your manager doesn't, baby. Yeah. Your job can be made or broken by your manager because they right. are the ones that make the final decision of, to keep you around or not. So if your manager likes you, kudos to you. Good job. Good luck. You're lucky. If your manager hates you, they're either going to make your life a living hell. <laughs> right. You're in trouble. <laughs> they're going to fire you. <laughs> right. And there's no way around it. Anytime that you are on a meeting or you get a random meeting, where you now have a higher up C-suite person on the call mm -hmm. and HR, somebody on the HR team on the call, they're about to fire you. Mm. Just letting you know, <laughs> they about to fire you. As a black person, we have to always think three steps ahead. So you have to think worst case scenario. Okay, because I was like, maybe I'm tripping. Maybe I'm not getting fired. I don't know. That's the exact time you should be like hitting everything hard networking trying to find that next opportunity i've actually never been fired due to my work <laughs> i've been fired due to who i am i've been fired because i'm someone who speaks up i've been fired because i'm someone who's honest and i didn't read that out of a textbook that's my mom and my aunts and friends who have been fired and people who have come before me have told me this and so now this is wisdom that i have but as a black person, unfortunately, in the workplace, you do not have a sense of security 
that you can take for granted because they could love you today and hate you tomorrow. So let's talk about severance. Mm -hmm. Severance is what a company will give you when they fire you as a way to try to keep you from suing their ass. Mm. Basically, you actually literally have to sign an agreement stating that you get signed away all of your rights to sue the company for discrimination, anything under Title IX EEOC in order to receive that money. Baby, I did not sign that shit. I tried to sue the hell out of them. So does um, that so does that automatically mean um, once they offer if if they were to offer a severance package, does that automatically mean that they have done something that's discriminatory no, or? Yep, that, that's in the, that's in the fine print. By offering that severance package, they are not agreeing that they are admitting to any type of law being broken, any type of wrongdoing. No, that's also in there. Never, ever, ever sign a severance agreement from a company without talking to a lawyer. Because guess what? There's more money on the table. If they oh, wow. offer you, yes, yes, baby. If they offer you a certain amount, baby, if you get a lawyer... They could take that amount to the next level, baby. Because what that company is telling you is they are willing to pay you to keep your mouth shut. So find out how much you, how much they're willing to pay you to keep your mouth shut. Mm -hmm. Get to know HR. Get to know HR very real. And keep a document. Keep notes. Anytime somebody says something racist to you, sexist to you, make a note of it. Make a note of it. And then if you want to do another episode on EEOC. We can talk about that because I've learned a lot dealing with the EEOC about what you can do to help and strengthen your case before you get fired or before you quit. You definitely can't allow your manager to dictate who, what your value is. You definitely can't allow these companies to dictate what your value is because your life is priceless. Right. And so if a company or a person is putting your life in danger, stressing you out to the point you're having heart attack, seizure, stroke, to the point where you got to go to the doctor, you got to have a therapist, think about what your life would be like without it. Danielle, thank you so much for being on Adulting 101 with Caspi Bias. And as always, thank you, audience, for listening. I'd like to hear from you all as we continue with season three. What do you want to chat about? Who do you want me to bring onto the show? Feel free to reach out at caspielbias at gmail.com. Adulting 101 with Caspi Bias is a production of C Bias Productions, LLC. For more episodes of Adulting 101 with Caspi Bias, visit Amazon Music, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows.